Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Shikur Stevenson versus Felix Caraballo International Conference Call. It is now my pleasure to turn today's call over to Evan Korn. Please go ahead. Hey, well, first off, I want to thank all of the media for hopping on this call as we bring back world-class boxing uh, on uh, top rank on ESPN. Uh, we will kick things off Tuesday, June 9th, from the MGM Grand Conference Center with one of the sport's most dynamic young stars, WBO featherweight world champion Shakur Stevenson, who is testing the waters in a 10-round super featherweight bout against Puerto Rican contender Felix La Sombra Caraballo. We also have a stacked undercard on hand. Uh, Michaela Mayer will be in the co-feature against Helen Joseph. And then we also have undefeated heavyweight KO artists Jared Anderson and Guido Vianello in separate six-round bouts. And now a, a special programming note for both the June 9th and June 11th events, June 11th being headlined by Jesse Magdaleno versus the NFL Vicente. It will be televised by both ESPN and ESPN Deportes starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It will be a four-hour block of programming, and all of the fights will be shown on both networks. Also on the call today with us is the founder and chairman of Top Rank, Mr. Bob Arum. So at this time, it gives me a great pleasure to introduce Bob for his opening statement. Well, it looks like we're back, you know. This is a momentous uh, occasion. Uh, boxing is back after a three-month uh, lapse. I'm really proud that uh, Top Rank is the first promoter out of the box. We have a great fight on, great show on the 9th of June. Then uh, we continue on virtually two and three uh, boxing events a week. Uh, uh, boxing is going to come back, believe me, bigger and more important than ever. And in this two-month period, in June or July, uh, where... Uh, Looks like there won't be any NBA, uh, any uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, the spotlight will be on the sport of boxing, and with the bouts that we've lined up, uh, I believe that the public will once again be enthused about the competitive level in the sport. Uh, so, uh, I know you want to hear from the fighters, and they're here, and so I'll turn it back to Evan. Yes, um, we have Felix Carbio here with us now. Um, so first, before we get to the questions, Felix, um, what can you tell us about this opportunity in front of you, fighting a world champion like Shakur Stevenson um, as boxing makes its big return? Um First of all, good afternoon. Um, well, these are a great places, you know. Fighting with Shakur is going to be interesting, you know. I, I can make this opportunity go. I just going to go on training hard, and I'm going to get it off. I'm going to get everything on June 9. I'm going to do my work and try to get that W for everything. And Ashley, please uh, prompt the reporters to uh, ask questions that they still like. Certainly at this time, if you would, 
please press star then one if you would like to ask your question today. Again, that is star and one to ask your question today. And we'll take our first question from Dan Raphael with Boxing Scene. Please go ahead. Hello, everybody. Thanks for, uh, for doing this. Uh, welcome back, Bob and everybody. Um, my question for you, Felix, is this. Can you, uh, first of all, I have two questions for you. The first one is, can you just tell me a little bit about your feelings about having your first fight outside of Puerto Rico? Uh, and it will be on somewhat unusual circumstances, given there won't be any fans in attendance. Well, it's going to be, you know, I feel great. I feel emotional. Uh, my last fight was in January. And knowing that I'm going to fight now on June with Shakur Stevenson, knowing that he's one of the best prospects right now. And he's, he's the 126 champion. I'm 126 too, but if they give me this opportunity at 130, I'm going to give it. I'm going to go and give it all. Uh, this is a great opportunity. I can give this opportunity to go. And I just don't want to fight. I want to fight, and it's not going to have fully, but I don't have no problem with that. I just go, I, I just want to go to that ring and do my job. So my other question you mentioned about the weight, uh, you know, you're, you've basically fought your whole career at featherweight. Shakur has done the same. This fight's over the weight, not for his title. I wonder, I know you're excited about the fight getting back in the ring, but uh, is there any small part that's disappointing that you're getting a chance to fight against a world champion, but yet it's not going to be for that title? Well, it's a little bit disappointing, you know. Um, not fighting for that title. Uh, I think it's every lot of dreams. I put a bomb for a tie shot. But I think fighting with him in 130 without that title, it could open, it could open me a lot of doors. So mm -hmm. I'm going So I don't know. Uh, Get this great opportunity for that. So I'm gonna give it all, and I know that if we win, we could we could open all all the doors, so we could have more fights and better fights. Terrific! Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. I have one question for Bob. Are you there, Bob? Yes. Hey, Bob. Welcome. Back. Um, can you just briefly sort of uh, explain the? The, 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 the thought process about how you went about bringing these fights back. And, and, and I sort of get it like, that these, these initial bouts are not for titles if you have world champions, but can you just explain sort of the, the thought behind that? Yeah, I mean, this is not an easy job. It sure. seems like it's easy, but my people, Brad Jacobs and Todd DeBuff, really been working for months on this, getting the protocols in shape, the testing, working with the Nevada Commission and its medical staff. I mean, this is something that nobody, uh, at least on our end, had any experience with. Uh, so it's really been a work in progress, and it continues to be a work in progress. Imagine guys come into Vegas uh, to get into the bubble, which is uh, uh, a special floor at the MGM. They got to be tested. They're in the bubble. They got to be escorted uh, to a place to shake out and train, to a place to eat. We have a special dining room set up in the convention center. Uh, all of this is something that none of us is, is useful, is used to. Now we didn't. We're not starting out with title fights, uh, but we're going to 
uh, before long, maybe by the third, not maybe, by the third week, uh, start doing some title fight, world title fights, because there are other issues with the organizations which we're working out. So it's one step at a time. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, and it's not inexpensive. For example, testing, just the testing for coronavirus for each event will cost us in excess of $25,000. Just the testing, plus the rooms, uh, the special security, the meals, and the dining in the convention area. This is a very, very large undertaking, but obviously it has to be done. We've got to get boxing started up. We're going to probably be doing this uh, perhaps for three months, uh, for June and July definitely, and then uh, uh, in August, and hopefully uh, by September we're going to start getting back uh, to doing events with spectators with a, a limited capacity. Uh, that's our second phase that we're working on. And the third phase, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be doing events with virtually full capacity. But that's down the line. So, I mean, this is really big responsibility on our part uh, to start this off, started off in the right foot. Uh, as I said, our protocols, which we've been working on for months, are available to all promoters all over the world. There's no competition here. We want to get everybody to do the right things uh, necessary to get uh, started in boxing as big as possible. Uh, thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Thank you. And we'll go next to Keith Eidick with BoxingScene.com. Please go ahead. Well, I was just wondering if you could tell us uh, what type of fight you expect Carabalo to give uh, Shakur Stevenson and, and maybe a little bit about Carabalo as a fighter. Who did you ask that? That's for you, Bob. Yeah, well, the wrong guy. I mean, uh, Carl Moretti and our matchmakers are familiar with Car Carabella. They think it's a very competitive fight. That's good enough for me. I've never seen the young man fight, but he comes highly recommended by Moretti and our matchmakers. Okay. What are you expecting from Shakur at 130 pounds, Bob? Shakur is, I said it when we did our first fight, Shakur Stevenson is a future star in the sport of boxing, a, super, a future superstar. Uh, I look on him as uh, the Southpaw version of Floyd Mayweather, and I think he will uh, exceed uh, uh, the performances uh, by Floyd. Uh, I just think he's a rare, rare talent, and uh, I think that he's a young man who's growing in size, 
And so I think 130 pounds will be a brief stop in his career because he's growing into a welterweight and maybe even a junior middleweight. All right. Thank you, Bob. And we'll take our next question from Carlos Toro with Fightful. Please go ahead. Hi, everybody, and thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. Uh, Felix, my first question is, obviously, you know, not a lot of people know a lot about you, given that there's not a lot of video on you. You've primarily fought in Puerto Rico. But what does it mean to you to sort of kind of come in into this position, not just as an underdog, but someone who the general audience in the United States really has no idea of how, of how you are as a fighter? Does that kind of help uh, with the with motivation or with you know potentially coming up and surprising everyone? I know there's not a lot of video about me. Nobody know about me a lot. I've been doing my career here, here. but I don't I don't think that that's gonna be a problem. I think. It, when we get to the fight, we are going to do our job. You know, one quick question uh, for Bob, if he's still there. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, one, so one of the things that I think certainly surprised a couple of people was you being able to bring in Andrew and Jason Maloney from Australia to the United States. So my question to you is, what, does this mean that there are potential plans or something in the works of potentially maybe bringing in other fighters on top-ranked uh, roster from outside the United States and seeing if that could potentially fit into the schedule or the amount of shows that you guys got up ahead? That's a good, that's a good question. The Maloney's, we take no credit for getting them into the United States. We told them there was a problem. They internally solved the problem with the Australian government. So all kudos to them. They got here. They were in my office uh, earlier today. They're working out in the gym. They'll be going uh, uh, the third week in June, the fourth week in June, the third week of the fights. Uh, as far as fighters outside the United States, uh, there's a limit to what we can do. In other words, uh, uh, we don't fly the planes. Uh, I have uh, no uh, influence uh, with this White House, thank God, uh, as to uh, lifting travel bans. But where there's a will, there's a way. I know that uh, Vasil Lomachenko, for example, uh, will be coming to the United States uh, in sometime in June. Uh, Janabek, Kaz uh, Kazakhstan uh, guy will be coming. I don't know when the Brits can come. I don't know when the Canadians can come. This is really out of our hands now. So every fighter that wants to come over and wants to participate in these shows and continue with their career has got to find a way to do that on their own, with their advisors, will facilitate anything we can, but, you know, our power is greatly limited. 
All right, thanks, Bob, and thank you, Felix. Uh, best of luck on June 9th. Excuse me? And we'll go next to Carol Van with FightV360.com. Please go ahead. How you doing? Um, this question is for Felix. Right now, your box rec lists you at 13-1-2 with nine KOs. Now, the first thing that comes to mind is a fighter by the name of um, Jason Rosario. And I'm wondering if when you look at how he came into the fight as an underdog, meaning really didn't know who he was, and in the situation that you have right now, you're fighting in an unprecedented time. So my question is, is there any... Is there any extra pressure, or do you feel that this is what you need or something like this to actually get you to where you've always wanted to be in boxing? Well, actually, I don't got no pressure. I don't got no pressure. Um, I feel that this moment I have to give it all, and this is a great opportunity, like I always say. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to fight. I'm going to give it all. Um, on June 9th, and I know that I'm going with a great boxer, a great, great um, boxer. He got speed, he got technique, but um, he gonna, um, I'm, I'm going to work. He's going to make me work, and I'm going to make him work. Uh, I know it's going to be a great fight, and this is, I get motivated because I know that this opportunity doesn't happen twice. Okay, uh, thank you. And um, my question next is uh, for Bob. Um, the question I have is, can you go a bit into, will there be anything, you know, different for media in regards to anything virtual, virtual um, media days or any way we as media from home will be able to talk, you know, to the boxers before or maybe after the events? Uh, first show, no. First two shows, no. First two shows, we have our hands full getting this off the ground. Uh, uh, maybe uh, we can arrange for conference calls after the fight. Uh, but, you know, even the uh, television crew from ESPN will be uh, broadcasting this from a remote location. Uh, it, we will not have media at the event. Uh, because uh, of the whole testing, and we want to make sure that everybody is safe uh, with these first two events. We have our hands full. We haven't done it before. We want to make sure that everything goes smoothly uh, because there's a whole bunch of, you know, there's 30 ESPN has at least 30 people in their camera crew, uh, the commission has another 20 or 30 people with the referees and inspectors. And so we eliminated media in the bubble, in the, the arena for the first two shows. And what we hope to do once we see how well these events have gone is to now... Uh, open it up to a limited number of media at first for the second week and then expand as we go along. We'll be doing these fights in this bubble uh, 
with no spectators at least through the end of July, probably longer, but in this place at least through the end of July. So as we become more and more familiar with the policies that we have to have, uh, then we'll start uh, allowing media into the event where they can ask questions. And just to follow up on what Bob said, uh, we, we, we will be having a virtual post-fight press conference. Uh, so media will receive more information about that early next week, and we'll go from there. Thank you. And, uh, Felix has time for one more question, so uh, fire away for whoever's next. Perfect. Thank you. We'll take our next question from James Bell with the Boxing Source. Please go ahead. Yes, a uh, question for Felix there. Um, you know, how is it to kind of like be in this particular position where you'll be featured in the first fight uh, back as far as like boxing on a large scale uh, here in the U.S.? Excuse me, can you um, um, ask me the question again? Now, what I was asking was, like, how is it for you to be featured in the first large-scale boxing event in the U.S. after, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing? Well, um, it's, it's great. For me, it's great. You know, um, I never thought I was going to fight this year again because this was from the pandemic of COVID, uh, I thought that I was gonna fight in all this year, um, this all year. And when I got the call, well, I got um, excited. You know, I just got ready and I started training harder because I never stopped on training. Um, but I got I got excited and I, I started training hard to to this fight. So I, I did it. I did it fast. I started training. In all moments. Gotcha. And question for Bob. Um, seeing it, that you are kind of like the first one to have a series of fights uh, being on through Top Rank at ESPN, like what is your mindset going through these first couple of months being the first major sport or having the first major sport out here uh, in the U.S.? Okay, it, no, it, we know the responsibility on our shoulders to make sure this thing goes well, that these uh, fights are held, that they're interesting, entertaining, but even more important, that they're safe, that the, the, that the fighters are safe, that the people uh, in the arena, the commission people, uh, the uh, television people, that everybody is safe. That is our primary focus now. And once we get through a number of these and we know where we're going and we know what's working and what's not working, then we'll begin to expand it so it looks more like what we had before this coronavirus plague. That's the best I can do. I can't just wave a wand and make everything perfect because I don't know how to do it. Nobody knows how to do it. But we've been, the Nevada Commission has been tremendous. They've worked very closely with us. It's been no nonsense with their doctors and everything, with the coronavirus czar in Nevada 
Jim Marin has been terrific. So he got us the testing. So again, we felt our way. We've worked through it. We're here now. We're confident that it's going to work. Do we know for sure? Absolutely not. But I believe that everything is going to go smoothly and that going into uh, the end of June, July, we're going to get some really big fights uh, that uh, we're going to uh, be showing the public. All right. Thank uh, you very thank much, you Bob, and thank you. And, and thank you, Felix, for joining us on today's call. We are going to now move, uh, move the conference call over to uh, the 2016 U.S. Olympic silver medalist, the reigning WBO featherweight world champion who is testing the waters at super middleweight. Uh, please welcome the pride of Newark, New Jersey, Shakur Stevenson. Shakur, welcome. And once again, at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then one to ask your question now. Hey, Shakur, before we get to the media, while we're waiting for them to dial in their questions, you are the last uh, main event to be canceled for the, during the COVID-19 pandemic. How does it feel to be the first major world-class fighter back? Uh, first, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a middleweight. I'm a featherweight. And next, um, it feels good being the first fight back because I was uh, one of the first ones that got canceled. So uh, it feels real good being the, one of the first fights back, and I'm ready to put on a show. And we'll take our first question from Steve Kim with ESPN. Please go ahead. All right, thank you, guys. Shakur, uh, I think you may have answered my question. I know this is a non-title fight at 130. Is it your intention to go back down to 126 after this fight? Uh, I don't know yet. I got to see how I feel at 130. Um, we're making a um, 130 weight. Um, that that's a, that'd be a question I can answer better for you after the fight. So right now, I can't really give you a, a spot-on answer. Mm -hmm. Shakur, I remember talking to you on that Friday after your fight and your whole card got canceled. What was that weekend like for you? Uh, it was it was it was bad because of the fact that I uh, trained eight weeks, uh, spent a lot of money on training camp, and then uh, to find out that I wasn't getting paid, uh, that kind of made me mad. Find out I wasn't fighting made me mad because I felt like I. Put a, a lot of work in. I feel like I was going to perform really good. I was mad at that, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good week. But uh, being around my family and friends, it kind of made it a lot better. Okay, Bob, I have a question for you. Should Shakur indicate to you that he does have a couple of fights left at 126? Do you try to revisit the Josh Warrington situation for him? Absolutely. You know, let's see what's happening. You know, again. We're in uncertain times. Who knows when we'll be able to do events with spectators. That's a fight that needs spectators. And uh, I know that uh, the promoters over in the U.K. are working towards that. We're working towards that. Uh, absolutely, we're, whether it's going to be in the States or in the U.K., we want the, that fight Warrington fight to happen. I promise that uh, to Shakur. Uh, now, if, on the other hand, uh, he feels that uh, 
he's better off going to 130, and we'll go along with that. In other words, I'm not going to force the fighter to fight at a weight which he shouldn't be fighting at because it takes too much out of him to make the weight. So Shakur has great people with him, uh, great uh, uh, technical people, his corner people, uh, his manager, uh, Jay Prince. Uh, they'll discuss it with him and discuss it with us. But certainly, uh, if he decides to stay at 126, I'm going to, one way or the other, make the Warrington fight happen. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon, everybody. All right, and we'll take our next question from Keith Eidick with BoxingScene.com. Please go ahead. Uh, hey, Shakur, I was just wondering, did you have any familiarity at all with Felix Caraballo before he, you knew he was your opponent? No, nah, I, I ain't never heard of him before. Since you found out he was your opponent, I know there's not a lot of video available on him. What have you been able to find out, and how much footage have you been able to find on him to study him? I watched like one round. Uh, I seen everything I needed to see in that one round, and kept me moving from there. Um, I see a lot of holes in his game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna expose it. With the the one round that you saw, I mean, without giving away your game plan or anything, what did you notice? I noticed that he nowhere near on my level. Uh, how do you expect him to come forward? Like, what are you expecting from him? Uh, him to come wild, wide, and try to land a big shot. Okay. What was it like for you, Shakur, to uh, to have the extra four pounds? I know you haven't made weight yet, of course, but what has it been like for you to uh, to try to make 130 as opposed to 126? How much more comfortable? Uh, it's it's a little bit more comfortable, but um, I think that I'm really a, a 130-pounder, honestly, what I've been feeling like. so. How hard not, is it for you? Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What did you say? No, go ahead. I was, I was, the last time you had to make 126, I know you didn't get to the scale because the fight got canceled, but how was it for you the last time you were uh, training to make 126? It actually, went it actually went better when I, than I thought it was going to go, but uh, it's still work to get, to get there. It's not uh, easy, so I'm a big, I'm a real big 126. Okay, great. I appreciate it, Shakur. No problem. And we'll take our next question from Jeremy Herringdeff with com. Please go ahead. Shakur, Bob, it's good to finally be talking to you again with boxing and the, the long layoff. Uh, first question for Shakur. Um, obviously, the, the world is going through a large amount of turmoil with the uh, pandemic and the murder of George Floyd. How have the problems surrounding our country and world impacted you mentally and emotionally, and how have you been dealing with, with those emotions? Honestly, I've been more focused on my fight. Um, I understand everything that's going on, and I'm with my people with everything that's going on. But uh, I got a fight coming up, so I, I've been in the gym uh, every day, going home. When I go home, I'm watching boxing. I've been in camp, so I'm not really 
too focused on everything that's going on the outside. I'm more locked in on what's going on on the uh, inside as far as boxing. Talking about the boxing, um, your last thought was eight months ago. Um, you know, as far as having that kind of distance between fights, um, do you think that time off will impact you either positive or negatively? And, and what, what goals do you have for yourself physically and what do you hope to see from yourself uh, in this fight? Now, I don't think the time off going to do anything because I'm a gym rat and I'm always in the gym. So me being a gym rat and in the gym, I probably got to get off a little rust in the first of two rounds. But other than that, I'm I'm ready to go. Like, I'm in the gym every day. Ain't no way I'm going to have rust just from being off uh, eight months when I've been sparring. I just did a full training camp on March 14th and then got right back in the gym. Uh, took like a month off, then got in the gym. So. I'm a gym rat. I don't think it's going to affect me. Uh, the final question for Bob. Um, Bob, uh, you've been very transparent and very open with how you see things going in the future. Um, looking at the UFC, what are the one or two biggest missteps you saw in the way they handled the opening of their sport in live, uh, live combat sports? And what have you done, uh, would you say, maybe the one or two things that you've done differently than them? Well, we didn't feel the protocols that the UFC had when they opened uh, up in Florida were adequate. And uh, uh, But again, you have to understand that they were the first out of the box. And so the fact that they made mistakes, uh, you know, that's understandable. Uh, they now are uh, have done an event in uh, uh, Nevada, and uh, they're under the same type of protocols that we are. And uh, I think it's all good because the Nevada Commission uh, has uh, uh, cleared everything, whether it's UFC event or a top rank event, and uh, their interest in the safety of the participants uh, is the same for us and now for UFC. So I have to commend uh, the state of Nevada, the governor, and the athletic commission in the type of effort and work that they've done uh, to enable us to do these events on a basis of as much safety as humanly possible. Thank you, gentlemen, and best of luck. We'll go next to James Bell with the Boxing Source. Please go ahead. Yes, this question is for Shakur. Uh, given that you, you know, had the WBO featherweight championship and there was talk about you potentially having a unification match with Josh Warrington, there is one fighter that has said that you are basically the only one to have courage to step up to him, and that's the WBC champ, Gary Russell Jr. How would you feel about a potential matchup with, Gary Russell Jr. Uh, I'll be, uh, that'll be a hell of a fight with me and Gary. I think we really are the best two featherweights, uh, skillfully in the division. So I think that'll be a hell of a fight. Um, and Gary, right? Gary, no, I'm the only one that, that, uh, like, see how he, like, he talk about everybody else. Um, he don't respect a lot of other fighters, but he respect me a lot because he's been around me. He know my mindset. He know. He know what I'm about, so uh, I understand Gary when he said that. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And and how is it like working with, you know, the team around you with, you know, Andre Ward being by your side and also sometimes working with Terrence Crawford? It's good to have uh, them people around me. I kind of need them people uh, for me, and I appreciate having them. Like, Andre Ward, he a big blessing to me. Um, he helped me out in a lot of ways, uh, inside and outside the ring. So, uh, um, uh, Terrence also, like, Terrence uh, – keep me like competitive like keep my mindset competitive because i'm uh i'm just as competitive as him but he's so competitive it make me be even more competitive so uh like both of them guys in my uh and in, in my life and in my career uh it helps me a lot all right thank you very much bro- brother Shakur. No problem. okay we'll take our next question carla Turo with fightful please go ahead Hi, Shakur. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. You know, obviously you've mentioned that you're not sure of what your future is going to be in terms of moving, uh, staying at 130 or going back to 126 after this fight. But is there a part of you that's kind of already thinking of how you would fare against any of the other champions at 130 in anticipation for what I presume is an eventual move up to uh, 130? Of course. Um... Of course, I think that uh, the champions at one one thirty is uh, all decent fighters. Uh, I, I already pictured myself in the ring with all of them already, so I got a. Uh, I already been thinking about that. Like I've been thinking about getting in the ring with Oscar Valdez, with Burchell, uh Santa Cruz, JoJo, uh, even even Jamel if I had to. So, do you feel that with those? potential fight do you feel that it may be easier to get them done uh down the road than it is uh per se a fight against josh warrington because i know that's been a fight you've been wanting for 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 well over a year now at this point yeah uh it's definitely i think that would definitely be an easier fight than um, josh warrington uh with josh warrington it comes a lot of uh a lot of business and politics with that like as far as the money being made for the fight and stuff like that. So uh, I think that dumb fights would be a lot easier because you got, uh, like, Valdez and Burchell and them guys, they with top rank and uh, JoJo's with uh, Golden Boy. I, I just fought a Golden Boy fight in my last fight. So I think dumb fights would be a, a, a lot easier than a warranted fight. Thanks, Ricard. Best of luck on June 9th. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you, Shakur, for joining us today, and thank you, uh, all the media, for joining us today here as well. Just a reminder that uh, Stevenson Carbile and the June 11th uh, card headline is by Nigeria vs. Anatole Vicente will be televised on ESPN and ESPN Deportes uh, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and it will be a four-hour block of fight action each evening. So thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you all on Tuesday. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.